welcome to Lunch Hour. My name is Ashton Fish. We are back. We had a little summer break, and this is our first episode. Um, Lunch Hour is designed to resource next-gen leaders, connect next-gen leaders, and it is a live Zoom call. It is also a vlog and a podcast, so this will be going out to everybody. Um, but let's go with our guest today. Uh, Chris White is here with us. Chris, I just want to say welcome to Lunch Hour. Um, some of you may know Chris. He was a camp speaker um, a few winter camps back. But Chris, can you give us a little introduction of yourself? And dude, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, my name is Chris White. I am the lead pastor in Carson City, Nevada um, at Fountainhead Foursquare Church. Um, I've been been doing that for a year and a half now. Before that, I was a next-gen pastor for about 20 years. Um, hard, to, hard to imagine. Um, but uh, my wife and I started out in uh, youth ministry at around 18 years old, straight out of high school. Um, we interned at a large sports board church in Fresno, California called Valley Christian Center and um, did correspondence through Life Bible College. Um, we have a couple of awesome kids. Uh, my son actually is 14 today. His name is Josiah. My daughter's 12. Her name is Noelle. And um, man, we've been loving God, loving people for a long time. Uh, we also lived up at our Foursquare camp in our district, Old Oak Ranch, for about five years and was the ministry program directors for Foursquare during multiplication, which was exciting, <laughs> um, to say the least. Um, so we've got a lot of camp experience. Um, I was saved at camp, and so um, I kind of bleed for camp and for next-gen ministry. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of our, that's our story in a nutshell, still super involved with NextGen, even though I'm a lead pastor, um, I serve as the uh, NextGen rep for the Central Pacific District as well. So overseeing um, and helping resource children's pastors, youth pastors, and young adults pastors in uh, Northern California, Nevada, and Utah. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, thanks, Chris, for being on. And you wouldn't say this about yourself, but um, out of all the Foursquare NextGen reps, Chris has one of the most fruitful districts. Um, some of the largest amount of people attend uh, the camps that he puts on um, and just what he's been doing. You've been consistent for over a decade and that really speaks a lot um, to your area. So I just want to say thank you for being a present leader, being someone that's consistent. Um, and I can't wait to just pick your brain today. So I am going to say, yeah. that, let's just start with that. Um, what are some of the three best practices that you've seen working lately in your district as you're overseeing um, hundreds of ministries um, yeah. What are some practical things that you're seeing working well? And can you give some insight to that? Yeah, so I actually don't have my sheet in front of me that I that I typed out earlier this week for you, but I, I'm going to just kind of go off the top. Um, some of the some of the most fruitful ones that I'd like to probably spend a little bit more time on today is um, some transportation ministry ideas that uh, we've been doing here at our church for a long time. Uh, some of the other churches in our district have adopted as well. Um, and it's super fruitful. Um, we, we, our church is located in an area that you really can't walk to. I know those of you that are in Southern California, you really probably not having students walk to youth group or walk <laughs> to church. Um, and, uh, and so one of the things that we have adopted was um, a, a van ministry, basically. And it started with cars. We filled up as many cars as we could. We got vans. We filled up as many vans as we could. 
Uh, we did early rides from school, late rides from home. We do rides home as well. Uh, it blew up our volunteer base um, and it has proven to um, be the most fruitful thing that we've done in our youth ministry. Uh, when we were not doing van ministry or van rides, we were around 30 students consistently. Um, after doing van rides, um, we've exploded to you know, 100 kids and over. Um, we do it for children's ministry. We do it for youth ministry. Um, and it really has proven to be one of the biggest proponents of our growth, just kind of removing any, um, any excuse or any problem for parents not getting kids there. Um, it's, it's given us presence on the school campus because we pick up after school. Um, so yeah, it's, it was, it's been awesome. That's great. So, so what are some of the legal things? Cause I know some people get like caught up on that right there. Like dude, yeah. rides. like, so how have you managed yeah. that um, in getting rides for, for people? In the children, youth and protection manual that Foursquare <laughs> has put together for us, which everybody should have their own copy um, is a little form that you would have a driver fill out uh, if they're using their own personal vehicle. And it really just kind of uh, releases liability for the church and releases liability. And basically that person is taking on the liability themselves. And so you need to communicate that to them, but then also, you know, our, our drivers have been awesome throughout the years and, um, and, uh, you know, signing that form and knowing the details that they're taking responsibility for themselves. Now we've moved to a place where it's, it's, we'll use a handful of vehicles uh, each week, but mostly there are church vans. But I do want to, you know, kind of let people know that we did start with just some vehicles, um, people's personal vehicles. And, and once that got full and once they saw the fruitfulness of that, we then moved to the vans. Um, and I know that some churches even use buses and um, the concept is still the same, whether you're using a Honda Civic or a Ford, you know, Econoline 350, 15 passenger van or a bus. Uh, but basically, if you get on there and maybe even uh, we can dig that page out and put it in the notes below at some point during this call, um, that the, the release of liability form. And then for vans go, um, I know that we have 15 passengers. We're in Nevada. I don't know about you guys, if you're allowed to have 15 passengers or 11 or what most of your guys' churches use. If you, if you do have any vans, um, you basically call your insurance company, have that person added to your insurance. That part's super easy. And um and it's worth it. I'll tell you, it's worth it. Yeah. And I think it's good just to practice say like, Hey, one of the big issues of getting people to church is just getting people to church. Yeah. So a yeah. practical way of even saying your ministry is, Hey, bring a friend with you. Yeah. <laughs> and I think sometimes we forget that simple encouragement say, Hey, be a ride for somebody, you know, somebody right. can't get there and, and Hey, but you can. And so ask your mom or ask whoever <laughs> a leader who, yeah. just to give somebody a ride. Um, yeah. and so I think that's really good and practical advice. One of the other things you put on here, Chris, um, was meals. You've seen your best, <laughs> your best practices. People love to eat. Yeah. So can you explain a little bit about that? So we, and this is something I can't take credit for. This was here and in place, uh, before we got here to Carson city, but something that other churches have adopted since then. And since we've kind of been vocal about it. Um, and again, it's opportunity for people to serve. So every night that we have youth group, we do a full sit down dinner, um, with uh, desserts at the ends. I mean, we're talking a full meal. Um, it costs us. It costs us time. It costs us resources. Um, but we really believe that it pays off. And so what we do is in our small group structure, we have round tables in our cafe. 
uh, we have a leader per table and then the students come in and they eat and they literally eat around the dinner table with the leader. Um, and as many of you know, in youth ministry these days, um, that doesn't really happen in their homes even. And so for them to be sitting at a table with a leader, having a real meal with dessert and a drink um, at, you know, at youth group, it, it's, um, it basically is, you know, bringing in those family values that we want them to know. We want them to know that they're a part of our family, that they're a part of Christ's family, that they're loved. And, um, and it's been awesome to be able to have that, that part of our, um, our next gen ministry for sure. So that's awesome. And we're talking a full meal. I don't mean like pizza every <laughs> week. I mean, like they're cooking chicken, you know, chicken wings and potatoes and gravy. And I mean, it's a full meal. Um, and we've got parents that come in and love it. Um, we actually have got a, uh, one of our fast food restaurants here in town heard about what we were doing. And so the Arby's in town once a month caters dinner for us for free. Wow. Um, they bring in the sandwiches and the fries and the drink and even a little dessert. Um, and, uh, you know, cause really to be honest with you, and I don't know about your guys' churches, you know, I know everybody's church is a little bit different. Um, but you know, we do see some of these students coming in, especially when we did the band rides, there's their lower income students who's parents don't really know where they're at or don't care where they're at. They don't care where their meal is coming from. And so this really is one of the only, I would say it's safe to say that there's a, a good chunk of our students that come have the meal, come, come for the ride. This is their only sit down meal that they'll have all week long. The other stuff that they're eating is grab and go. Um, you know, we call it yo-yo where it's you're on your own. Um, you know, a lot of our kids live that life. Um, and so this, this is an opportunity for us to serve them, serve the families, um, we baptized entire families just based on loving their kids. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and thanks for bringing again, the practical of just a meal, right? Get a, get a it meal is. and a ride in yeah. a meal, you know, um, yeah. those are practical things you can do and also have people volunteer to help you out with, um, to bring food. If you're a part of a smaller ministry, have some of the moms in the church come bring some mom, mama cooking. Um, yeah. Grandmas, cool. then, we've got some grandmas that come and, and do cooking and, and it's good. You know, yeah. they, it's, it's great for us, great for them, great for our kids. It's a win all the way around the board. Totally. And then the other one you mentioned was uh, campus ministry. Can you give a little bit of insight into um, yeah. why campus ministry is so important to you? So let me start off with a Craig Rochelle lesson um, that we've kind of adopted here. So if you um, think to yourselves, and I know there's many people on this call right now, so if you're listening, think to yourself, and, and um, how many students could you increase your student ministry or kids ministry by this year? So this is something I asked my next-gen leaders at our fall conference, our pastor's conference, and I, and I wanted a real number. So a real number, not an inflated number, but a real number. How many students do you think that you would increase just doing what you're doing? How many students do you think that you would increase this year in your next gen ministry or kids ministry? I had them write it down. I had them show it. Some of them, some of our larger ministries would say, I think we could legitly uh, reach 50 extra kids this year, meaning, you know, they get incorporated into our programs or our ministry, they become, you know, normal attenders of our church, maybe even on Sunday morning. Some of them were more conservative, they would say five or 10 or 15. Um, and so then what I did is I, you know, if you've heard the Craig Rochelle lesson of adding a zero. So add a zero to that number. If you said 10 and you add a zero to 10, that then becomes 100. Um, in reality, no matter what your number was, if it was five students, you think you could reach five more students? Or if you think you could reach 50 more students, the sad reality is, is, is it's not enough. It's not enough. 
There are still kids that need to know Jesus. There are still students that need to come to church, um, you know, that need to go to the kid venture, you know, class and, and um, you know, see the walk in and see the great check-in and, and hear Jesus for the first time. So whatever number you put, I'm sorry to say it's not enough. And so the bottom line for us is, is how do we then, um, how do we reach the students that we need to reach? And for us, that was campus ministry. And so for us to be on campus, for us to be visible at games, for us to be visible, um, you know, in the hallways and, um, you know, it was important. And so for us, you know, I know that there are some, some churches and some schools that do Jesus clubs and, and FCAs and different things like that. So I would suggest doing something on campus. It doesn't have to be FCA, it doesn't have to be Jesus clubs, but be involved on campus. Um, and, and I can give you guys some practicals that we did um, that I would say, I would talk to your guys' senior pastor and show him that, or show her, show, show your staff how important it is that you guys make this a part of your ministry. Um, one of the things that I also encouraged um, our next gen um, district to do was to cut out unfruitful ministries because the last thing that you guys want to hear on this call is another thing that you have to do. We're already all busy. We already have things that we have to do. Um, and so I, you know, challenge them to look at their schedules, to look over their ministry areas and see what's not being fruitful and what's not, um, what's not reaching kids and cut it out, stop doing it. Um, and then plug in something that I really feel is fruitful and that's campus ministry. Um, and that can look different. So for us, um, looking out, looking at uh, what we do, that's not fruitful, cutting it out, adding in something. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't telling everybody to add something else to your plate or add something else to your schedule. I just think it's important that we stop doing things that aren't fruitful. I know that everybody here on this call can think of things at least a couple hours a week that they can cut out of their schedule because of stuff that's not fruitful um, to plug in something that is. Um, so once we came to that realization, uh, we went to an elementary school with our, you know, with our pastor at the time. I wasn't the lead pastor at the time. We sat down and we told the principal, hey, what do you need? And um, we went in with our return on our tithe. And so if you don't know about return on tithe as a next gen leader or a children's pastor, get educated with the return on the tithe and ask for it. Ask for one. Matter of fact, uh, I think the return on the tithe day is next Monday. Um, and uh, so what the return on the tithe is, is it's something that Foursquare gives back to all of our churches. It is correct. October 21st is the return on the tithe um, for all of your guys' churches. So for them being faithful and fruitful um, and giving, you know, and tithing to Foursquare, they then give a return. Um, we took that return on tithe, which was about... Um, it was about 9,500 bucks. We went into the school and we catered a lunch for the teachers. We did some projects for them around the school. Um, it was so great and so well received. We got on um, on our campus just like that in a heartbeat. It's amazing what 10 grand will do um, for the community. It's amazing um, what that'll do to open up doors for you just to be on campus and, and be involved with students and, and in their lives, uh, which then trickles down to parents as well. Um, and then the next thing that we did uh, was at our high school, and I just got the plaque here today, sitting here on my floor. Um, we went into the high school, and um, we called it a pay it forward program, where we took the next return on tide that we did, and we went into the high school, and we gave every single uh, every single staff member at our high school 50 bucks <clears throat> in cash. Um, and little did we know how big of an impact this would be. Uh, USA Today did an article on us. Um, all of our local newspapers and, and uh, newscasts here um, did a report on us um, for, for 
literally for weeks, uh, we were wall to wall in our paper and on the news. And so what we asked is we gave all of the teachers an envelope with 50 bucks, all of the staff members, janitors, um, cooks, everybody at our local high school, and uh, gave 50 bucks in cash and asked them to look for a need in a student's life and to immediately meet that need. And so we had some teachers team up with their funds and buy shoes. We had teachers buy prom tickets. Um, we had um, lunch people, you know, guys and gals that worked in the, in the lunchroom pay off debts for students because they had maxed out their lunches and they couldn't get any more, any more meals and they just paid off debt. Um, we saw some amazing stuff. We saw teachers pay for AP tests um, and not only that, but we had, you know, thousands of people looking for needs um, that, that needed, to, you know, that students needed. And um, it was awesome. It was really, really great. So that opened the door for us. Just two, two times of giving return on size opened the door wide open for us in our school district and our community. Um, it has changed the way, um, it has just changed the way that we do Next Ministry for sure. So. Yeah. When I'm hearing from you, Chris, man, I wanted to cry when you're telling that story. It's like, that's so Jesus paying off debts and loving students, but like, you're awesome. not just trying yeah. to get in, which I hear that conversation all the time. I'm trying to get in, man. I'm trying yeah. to get into school, but yeah. it's more of like, no, you're, you're giving before you're getting in, you know, you're, yeah. you're creating relationship with the player, the, the key players, yeah. the teachers, you know, and even yeah. the janitors. Cause heck they know where everything's at on campus. You know, and it's crazy <laughs> is we, we didn't anticipate this, to work out the way it did. Really, we just wanted to go to a school and we asked the principal what she needed. And she literally looked at me in the eye and I went in with the normal, hey, let's give backpacks or let's give this or let's give that. Um, and she looked at me in the eyes and she literally laughed at me. Uh, her name is Ruth Lee. She laughed at me. She says, I've, I'm a title one school. She says, I've got more backpacks and pencils and markers and crayons and anything that you, I have all that stuff. Uh, but she says, what I don't have is she says, I don't have anything to appreciate my teachers with. She said, I need a bench out here by the bus. Um, and she says, I need people out there playing basketball on the school. And my, I, I just like my jaw dropped. And I just thought to myself, she just invited us onto campus to be with her students during lunchtime. We didn't even want that. We, we, we didn't even think that that was possible. Um, but that's what she needed. And that's what she got. And, and so for us to be invited onto campus like that was awesome. Uh, and then for the next season, for us to be able to do that at the high school, um, you know, it was neat I, to be able to have an audience. You know, if you just talk about having an audience with people, um, you know, at, at our high school when we when we gave that those funds, and it was significant. It we felt it as a church. Um, but here's what we also felt is after we gave, we felt, um, everybody in our church was energized. Everybody in our church was excited. Everybody in our church was excited to read the articles and see the newspaper, um, you know, the newspaper articles, everybody was excited behind what happened. Well, then not only that, but a month and a half later, we asked, all we wanted was the story. So we gave them a story card. We asked them not to use any names, but we just wanted to know what the story was behind the 50 bucks. And so then it came back up again in the news. It came back up again with our church family as we were able to celebrate these great things that these teachers did. Um, and, and we allowed them, whether they believe in Jesus or not, they were being Jesus to people um, with those funds that were given. It was, it was transformative for sure. Wow. That's awesome. And I just put a link in our call um, and it'll all be also available in the podcast and the, the vlog. Um, there's a resource link of all of the different things for SoCal that we offer um, from SC, uh, FCA to um, squad to dive for kids. Many of you, many people don't know that there's actually kids ministry that you can do on campus. 
One of our yeah. Foursquare leaders, Natalie Working, developed Dive, and it's an after-school program for kids. And it's basically uh, a way, meeting a need, because a lot of kids um, need somewhere to go after school because their parents are, are working. And it's an after-school program for, for kids, and they learn about Jesus, and it's simple. And everything, if you click on that Dive link, is there for you. You have every resource you need to run a Dive after-school program. So that's cool, because um, I don't see many things for kids offered, but I love that kids resource. Yeah. Um, and then we have One Voice with Brian Barcelona, which is pretty, um, pretty big down here in SoCal, Every Campus Ministry, and of course, Young Life. And I just put all of these here on the resource just because these are inroads into our schools that are already there. So if you're saying, hey, I can't get in, well, these people are in, volunteer, and you got an in. And find out the needs like Chris is saying and give back. And I think that that's a huge thing of what I'm learning from you today, Chris, is just going, wow, just go in and find out what they need. So, and, and fill that need. I just saw some awesome faces and names show <laughs> up here. And uh, man, I love you guys, Seth and Ben and Tori. Um, so I would really encourage you guys to look over your schedules, look over, I don't know if a lot of you are bivocational or full-time or part-time or what, um, but I think it goes back to looking over our schedules and saying, what's not fruitful? What's not working? Um, mm -hmm. Or what could be working better? What could be more fruitful? And I tell you that I think that Dive, um, Jesus Clubs, things like that, um, I think are more fruitful than us continuing to just do what we've been doing forever. You know, for me, I became a Christian um, because of a campus ministry. You named it Young Life. Um, you know, somebody believed in me. Somebody resourced me to go to camp. My life has forever changed because of that. And so, you know, what's working, what's not working. I'm not saying scrap your programs. I'm not saying that, but I think everybody should look over their schedules and, and look and say, okay, how could we be more fruitful? Um, you know, maybe cutting some of the things out that just aren't working. So that's yeah. good. Um, Chris, is there any other thing for, I know we talked about youth ministry. Is there anything with young adults or kids, um, that you have seen that best practices that are working in your district, your area that you wanted to yeah. touch on? I, I would echo with, um, the, the campus ministry. We, we started on an elementary school. That's where we started. Uh, we started with an elementary school uh, principal. We started at the elementary school. And again, it's, um, you know, I think if you were to be able to go to your lead pastor and say, Hey, I want to go on a, I want to go on campus two days a week for two hours a day. Here's what I want to cut out on my schedule, but here's what I'm going to do and go play basketball with students or go start a club. Um, I, I don't think that anybody would have a problem with that. Um, I don't know. You're the, I don't know your guys' lead pastors, but I can't imagine that that would be an issue. Um, and so, you know, I would, I would say that all of that stuff that I just said really started on an elementary school. And so that's, you know, one of the, one of the major things, uh, one of the things that I've seen be really good for us. And maybe some of you guys do it already is, is sort of a, a midweek, uh, once a month children's ministry youth group type of a thing where, you know, um, really the youth group strategy, I would say works better for first through fifth graders or third through sixth graders or whatever your guys' breakdown is, that everybody come together, do some games, do a lesson. I think that because of our kids aging faster, you know, in maturity and with things like that, I think that really that model fits the third through sixth graders better than the junior hires and high schoolers. Um, and so I think that that's something that you can look at and say, hey, you know, this might be um, this might not be fruitful for us in high school ministry right now, 
but this will could be fruitful with our third through sixth graders right now. Um, and there's great principles there still. There's, you know, all that good stuff, but it might just fit better for a different age group. And so going back to the van rides, going back to doing a meal together, but maybe you start off doing a once a month, uh, you know, kids evening where you go from, you know, six to 730 or something like that for kids. Um, young adults, uh, you know, for us, I'll, I'll share with you what we do and I'll share with you what I think has been successful. I think if anybody's going to share young adults on here, um, there, there are more experienced people, um, Ashton, you're, you're one of them that has, um, led young adults. Um, I think in a way more fruitful way than myself or maybe probably everybody else on this call. Um, but for us, I think one of the, one of the big components for us is we call it blur lines which is our um, 18 year olds and seniors or, you know, our seniors in high school, we see them check out a lot. We see them not want to be a part of youth group. And so one of the things mm -hmm. that we do is catch them before they want to leave. Um, and so we let, um, we let our young adults ministry and our youth ministry blur where we let our, you know, 17 and, and seniors or 18 and seniors um, go to both. They can continue to go to youth ministry or they can, you know, they can jump in with our young adults and our young adults is, is structured much differently. It's way more relational. It's study based. And so they'll pick out, uh, you know, a video study. They'll, you know, grab coffee or a meal before, or after, um, super relational. And it's just them getting together, doing the study, um, almost like a small group or a home group. Um, it's done here at the church, though, um, and it's been good. They do a lot of uh, fellowship type stuff. I think they just went to the movies last night, as a matter of fact, all together. And so lots of stuff just to kind of connect. Um, but I would say look into that blur lines. Um, that's something that I learned many years ago. Um, I think it was actually Ryan. Um, his last name is escaping me. Brown. <laughs> Brown. Brown. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. dude. Yeah. I got you. Um, Ryan Brown. Uh, maybe we can edit that part out. Um, Ryan, no, I'm sorry. Um, Ryan Brown taught me that maybe maybe 15 years ago that they did that in Oregon, and I we latched onto that, and it's been really helpful for us. And we've seen less of our seniors drop off the face of the planet for so long. I think we as churches have made them stay in youth ministry until it was too late, and they were like, "I'm done. This is I'm done." Some a lot of our youth ministries are junior high, high school combined, um, and that might work for a season. But once you get to be a senior, your life is already transitioning. And so, as a church, we've just said, "Nope, you're buckled in here. You can't leave until you're graduated or 18." Um, and so we've just taken the risk to say, we're going to allow them to come to be with our adults. And some people don't like that, but it works for us. And I think it probably works better for them. Yeah. Quick follow-up question with that. Chris, have you had any parents freak out that were like, I don't want my 17 year old underage girl in your yeah. group. I yep. mean, how have you handled that? Yeah. They haven't necessarily freaked out, but they've just said, Hey, what's the idea behind this? Um, and I think, you know, I, I basically tell them, Hey, in four months, your 17 year old daughter is going to be on a college campus. And mm -hmm. so what, what better way to be at a, at a church setting? And I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm very clear with all of our parents and all of our people know that, Hey, just because you're at church doesn't mean that everybody um, knows Jesus, loves Jesus, trusts Jesus, lives for Jesus. So you might have, you know, if I can just be real, you might have a dirtbag 24 year old trying to pick up on a 17 year old and that's not okay. 
um, what, you know, and he might not have the right intentions or she might not have the right intentions. And so for us, that's where it is our, on our leaders. You know, we just let them know, hey, this is something that we do. This is something that we value. We have to watch out for this. We have to protect this. Um, but at the same time, any parent that looks at me in the eyes and says, my 17-year-old daughter or my 17-year-old son shouldn't be frolicking around with 24-year-olds. Well, guess what, mom or dad? In a few months, you're not going to have a choice. And so let this be done in a controlled environment. So, that's good. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. That might not be the right answer for everybody. And, yeah. and that might not be okay with every parent. Uh, ben shaking his head is like, nope, that's not going to work for my church. But, <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's a controlled environment. And it goes yeah. back, it's that same, you have that same thing with parents saying my junior high and high school are going to camp together. It's the same thing. It's just now you're talking about a 17-year-old who hopefully will be more mature by the time they're 17. That's cool. Well, thanks so, for sharing the blur. I like that concept. Yeah. Um, let's move into a little bit more of the encouraging time. I asked you to prepare yeah. something. Um, but before that, I think as next-gen leaders today, um, especially with social media, we're constantly, at least for me, I'm like looking at, I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a cool thing they're doing in that next-gen ministry. Or wow, look at all the kids that are showing up here. And we can constantly be sitting there and comparing and looking. Um, at least maybe that's me just confessing on myself of looking at what other people are doing. And I know often I'm fighting that feeling of being inadequate. You know, am I really equipped? Am I really enough uh, as a next-gen leader today? Um, and so can you speak a little bit into that? Um, I did get a little bit of your cheat notes of your, <laughs> of your yeah. encouragement, but I think a lot of us yeah. come from that place and just need to be encouraged today. Um, so can yeah. you share? For sure. Um, and I'm going to go off of, I'll use the same scripture, but I want to you, you hit on something that I think is important. We actually talked about it at our fall conference with our pastors. Um, whether you're a lead pastor, children's pastor, youth pastor, you know, it does not matter. We're always, you know, Ashton kind of alluded to it. We're always looking, whether it's social media or whatever, and like, hey, you know, that guy's wearing rings on his pinky and he's got a white shirt on and long neck, you know, all this stuff. And I need to be like that. Or, you know, that worship leader is wearing a big floppy hat. You know, isn't that cute? I need to put one of those big floppy hats on, or, you know, whatever. We, we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people and not being who God's called us to be, but we're trying to be like somebody else. Um, and the great thing is, is if that person has, is that way, then that, let them be them. Um, and we tell our students, you're the best you that, you know, there, that there will ever be. You're the only you that you, that there will ever be. Um, my, my scripture, my encouraging word, um, today comes from Acts 4, 13. It's super simple. You've all heard it before. You know it. Um, you know it, but I don't know if you know it. Um, and so I'll just read it. And it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So my, my word to us today would be, are people taking note that you've been with Jesus? Or are they taking note that you spent some time on Instagram and you can model yourself after another pastor? Who are you modeling yourself after? Who are you modeling your ministry after? Um, and if people aren't taking note that you've been with Jesus, then you probably should exit left. They're, they're, you know, as pastors and as leaders, that should be, we're called to be with Jesus first and foremost, above me being a husband, above me being a father, above me being a pastor, um, I'm called to be a Christ follower. And I think, um, and I have fallen prey to that so often in ministry where 
I'm just focused on, you know, the work task of it. Um, and I've heard people say this to me before, you know, hey, when was the last time that you really spent time with Jesus? Just you, not for a message, not for something that you're preparing, but you just open the Bible and you, you study for you. Um, I would think that uh, it's probably few and far between. Uh, for us. And so this week, as I read that um, in my devotion times, I just thought to myself, are people taking note that I've been with Jesus, the way that I love, the way that I serve, um, the way that I talk. Um, and then I would take it a step further. Look at your leaders. Are you taking note that they've been with Jesus, the way that they talk, the way that they act, the way that they serve, the way that they love. And then I would even go a step further to say, look at your students. Do your students, um, are, you know, are they emulating Jesus with their lives? And, you know, and, and if not, then how can we get them to, how can we get them to spend some time um, with Jesus? Uh, and then the next thing is this, is um, today, um, reading in Mark 5, um, the unclean woman, you guys have all heard it and you know it. Um, it brought tears to my eyes this morning to read, you know, here's this woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years, who um, was an outcast who had to announce her sickness to any room that she walked in. She shopped alone. She lived alone. If she was married, her husband was permitted to leave her because she couldn't have kids. If she wasn't married, no man would want her. She lived a lonely, desperate life. But she knew that if she could come up and if she could be with Jesus, if she could just touch Jesus, if she could just touch a piece of Jesus, that she would be healed. And so for us to know as we walk around life, we've got people who feel that same sadness that she felt that same loneliness that she felt, that same depression that she felt. Um, we're ministering to kids who are sad, who are depressed, who need help, who need love, who need Jesus. And so for us to be able to be Jesus to them, you know, um, is important. Um, Jesus is the answer. I mean, I mean and that is, is cliche and as um, lame as that might be for those of you that are on this call, um, I just want to refocus us and there's no better encouraging word that I could say than Jesus. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for that encouragement. And as you were talking, um, just some tips for me practically that I found to be with Jesus. I, I have to have a stand-up meeting with Jesus every day. And I schedule him, you know, I schedule that time. So if somebody asks, hey, what are you doing between this time? I'm like, oh, sorry, I have a meeting. I'm busy. Yeah. And I feel like if you don't put that time on your calendar, especially if you are busy and you're in the church world, and you're working full time, and there's all these demands. If you don't schedule that, it's not going to happen. And people don't need to know what you're doing. You just need to say, "Hey, sorry, I'm busy. I have a stand-up meeting at that time, and I'm not available." Um, yeah. Schedule that in. And also, same thing for even a day. Even uh, talking to your senior pastor, your leaders. Hey, sorry, this day of the month, I'm gone because I'm on a spiritual retreat. I'm at the beach. I'm in the mountains. I'm scheduling it in. And if anybody gets on your case and goes, "Well, hey, what are you doing?" I was like, "I need to be with Jesus." I don't know if people are going to really be able to argue that. I mean, maybe your boss, right? And But still, you could be like, hey, I need to spend time with Jesus. If you want me to be right, if you want me to be the leader, the person, the son that I need to be, I need to be with my master. I need to be with Jesus. And so um, I'm just learning, again, to schedule that in there uh, unashamed, unashamedly. And I don't need to explain myself because I can just put that in my calendar. So just a shout out. I, I would say this. I think that's easier for you and I to say. Yeah, I think that we are at a, uh, you know, we're at a different, I remember being a next gen pastor on staff <laughs> and thinking, I, you know, I, he needs me here. She needs me here. I need to be here. Um, mm -hmm. I would say that, um, Ben, you're beautiful. That's what I would say. No, um, I would say, you know, for you to use what Ashton just said and, and be 
be straight up, you know, one of two things, you know, for people outside of your boss or outside of your pastor, um, they don't need to know, you know, for you to have a meeting. And I, and I remember somebody telling me a long time ago when I first started having, when I had my son was, um, you know, schedule time in and that's, a, that's scheduled in because if you just tell people I'm going to the movies with my son, they'll think that they can impede on that time because it's not important. Um, or they're more important than that time. And so for you just to say, hey, I'm scheduled, I got a meeting, and you do, and it just happens to be with your son, or happens to be with your daughter, or happens to be with your wife. Um, but then for you to be able to go to your pastor, and, and I'm not saying to not do all your work that needs to be done, because now I'm the lead pastor, and I, I need my staff to do the work that they <laughs> are called to do. Um, but at the same time, if all that stuff is falling in place, and they're doing what they need to be doing, and they need to be away for a day, or need to be away for a weekend to be with Jesus, then by all means, that will make them better, better for our church, better for our community, um, and better for the ministry that they lead. So I think it's super important. That's good. Um, Chris, we share uh, some resources on lunch hour every time, and I put Ooh, some in the yes. chat, um, yeah. and I actually sent them to you personally too, so you can see the ones that you recommended. Cool. No, no. Well, um, you know what? I tried to, I tried to find, um, I'll, I'll yeah. pull that form up. I tried to find some that people wouldn't know about, because I know that you guys have been on a bunch of these calls. And so I tried to not give you the same resources that everybody else did. Um, but the first one, first and foremost, it, it, I'm sure you've heard of it. I'm sure you know it. If you don't, oh man, then you're off the resource train. But um, <laughs> Life Church Resources um, is amazing for youth, for kids. It's, it's the best. I mean, I, I, I don't know if anybody else would argue against that, but I really think that especially their kids' resources, their kids' curriculum is the best. <laughs> um, so another one that I really like is called Stuff You Can Use. Um, and it's literally just stuffyoucanuse.org and it's in the notes. Um, but it's leader resources, trainings, art, principal material. It's a great, uh, great thing. Some of them, uh, the cons of that one are some of, some of the things you have to pay for, but they're well worth it. Um, and then another one too is Creation Swap. I'm not sure if you've um, used that or been on that one before, but has um, great art, it has um, great message visuals and videos and things like that. Um, it's, it's an awesome one. And so those are, the, those are the three that I chose to give to you guys. Um, tried to be a little bit, uh, you know, tried to go a little bit off of the mainstream as far as resources go. But those three, if you don't know them, get on there, explore them a little bit, they're phenomenal. Awesome, well, thanks for sharing those, Chris. That's gonna be, yeah. uh, again, in our vlog chat and also in the, um, the podcast. So those will be there. Um, just want to say thank you for being on the call today. Thank you for giving us just your story, um, sharing your wisdom. Love you, man, and appreciate you. Love and you. thank you for being on Lunch Hour.